0: on the road to success, within that journey, there are are hurdles. And if you understand that and you trust that that is part of the process, then when those hurdles or roadblocks arrive, you're less apt to stop. You're less resistant. You're willing to lean in and trust that You'll move through it.
1: What is going on? Emily Abadi here, bringing you episode one forty seven of Hurdle. A wellness-focused podcast where I sit down with inspiring individuals to talk about their big wins, tough moments, and everything in between. On the show, you can expect vulnerability, motivation, and candid discussions with everyone from top athletes and CEOs to aspiring entrepreneurs on what it really takes to follow your passions. My mission is simple, to inspire you to be your best self, move with intention, and have some fun along the way. Today, I am chatting with Tunde a Peloton instructor and seriously just like the brightest light and vibe of maybe all time. Tunde has certainly dealt with her fair share of hurdles, from a dramatic weight loss and not getting her job at Peloton after her first audition, to the loss of her brother and both of her parents. Her resiliency is admirable and I really mean this. I know on the show we talk about tough stuff often, but to hear someone who has navigated so much loss, have such a dynamic and beautiful outlook and perspective, it just, it makes me feel really grateful for what I have and puts life in perspective. And I I hope that it does the same for you as well. Tunde also shares today about what her career was like before finding Peloton and I really enjoy how she expands upon the idea that it's okay to have one dream and realize that it's okay to move in different directions and grow and come to want different things as time goes on. I do want to thank Tunde's sponsor at Optimum Nutrition for setting up this discussion as you will hear her mention in today's episode. Before we get into today, I do want to take a moment to thank my sponsor at Daily Harvest. This year, 2021, I am really focusing on getting better with my day-to-day nutrition. And Daily Harvest has been a big piece to that puzzle. The company delivers delicious food all built on organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. I have been leaning into their oat bowls in the mornings because it has been frigid here in New York. They've got a cherry and dark chocolate, which is to die for, and also another staple, cinnamon and banana. And what I'll do is I'll just add in a scoop of collagen and also some almond milk, splash of water, and it's the perfect filling breakfast to get me going and jumpstart my morning. The best part is that Daily Harvest is ready when you are. Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you are ready to enjoy it, so you waste less food. Get started today. Head on over to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code hurdle25 to get $25 off your first box. Again, that's promo code hurdle25 for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. That's dailyharvest.com. A little bit of housekeeping here. If you have yet to subscribe to the weekly hurdle newsletter, I would love to. It's land in your inbox every Friday. The link to do that is in the show notes. Also, next week, our book club is on the horizon. We are reading Bravey by Alexi Pappas. I had the privilege to chat with her the other day for the show, that interview coming soon to the feed. But I am loving her book. I had the most fun talking to her and I cannot wait to chat about it all with you. And last but not least, make sure you are following Hurdle over on social media. It's over at Hurdle Podcast, and I am over at Emily Abadi. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am talking with Tunde Oine, and she is a Peloton instructor, an all-around amazing person. Today how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am great. I am I'm really excited for this conversation with you because you and I and you don't know this yet, which is Uh-oh. a little creepy that I guess I know this and you don't know this, but we have a lot in common. Okay, I love it. Talk to me. And let you have my attention. Okay, you have my attention. I also, at one point in my life, was hovering around 200 pounds in a size 18. Wow. So we have this in common. We also have like a a clothes trying on saga in common that like completely made us reevaluate what the hell we were doing. So I don't want to give away your story, (laughs) but I need you to know as we talk today that I get where you're coming from. I'm like, I can go ahead and just pack up my microphone.
0: There's nothing left for me to say. I mean, that's pretty much pretty much the story in a nutshell.
1: Not at all. Not at all. Tunde, where do you hail from? Kick me off from the beginning.
0: I am first generation American descendant of two Nigerians, uh, Festus and Veronica Oyunay. I'm originally from Houston, Texas. I was talking with a friend the other day and I was like, I don't remember what age I was when I left left Houston because I believe I had a fake idea at the time. And so I don't remember. I don't remember what my real age was when I moved from Houston to L.A. But I know I was in L.A. for 12 years and then I moved to New York uh, about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now.
1: Wow. Big, right. uh, big life pivot, <laughs> New York from LA. And then before that from Texas growing up, talk to me about what your lifestyle was like. Were you active at all? Uh, talk to me about like your like family dynamic. Give me some details.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, our VP of fitness, Robin Arzon, she always says that she, you know, she, she didn't have a fit, fitness or athletic background. And she always says that she was allergic to fitness. Like I always say, I wasn't even like, I wasn't, I didn't even know what it was. Like I didn't even know what it was to be active, like had zero concept of it. All of my brothers were like superstar athletes. And so, you know, I have two older brothers. And so whether it was me going into middle school or, or into high school, the coaches would see that I was an OE name and get really excited thinking that I was going to be like another superstar athlete. And like every single day, first day of gym, I'd have to be like, no, I don't have the gene. Like it's not (laughs) that, that, that part wasn't in me. I was always (laughs) in choir. Um, I was always the kid who I was into other arts. I liked to draw. I liked to sing. Um, and, uh, I, I I'll share this later, but I always say that, you know, fitness found me. It wasn't At all, a goal. It wasn't even something that I knew to aspire towards or, or honestly, even knew to dream about.
1: Yeah. Growing up, obviously, not a strong tie to fitness, not a lot of passion to fitness. Talk to me a little bit then. I know from my reading and listening to your story that around 13, you were hovering in that 200 area, which is the same for me. So talk to me, uh, weight wise about how you felt coming into your own as a woman, as at that time, society would say anyway, a little bit of a bigger girl.
0: Right. Well, you know, you know when as I reflect now, it's like, it's not even about the number because I think that someone could be X amount of, of, you know, pounds and still hold themselves, um, hold themselves differently, if that makes sense. So it was less yeah. about the number and more so about the way that I felt. So when I was 200 pounds, I happened to feel not confident when I was 200 pounds. I happened to feel, not have a sense of what my, my power was and my place was. And to be, you know, at such a young age and feel so different to feel like such, um, uh, I, Outcast may be a heavy word, but to feel so different from other people was part of the catalyst. At the end of the day, I did it for me. I think that I always say to anybody who's going through their own wellness journey that you have to want to do it for you. You can lose weight. But if you're doing it for other people or for something else, once that person's not in your life anymore, or, you know, let's say you're doing it for a goal, you want to look good for a party or for whatever, like once those life events, once these things come and pass, then if it's not for you, you resort back to, to where you came from. And yeah. so ultimately when you decide to make the forever change, it has to be for you. And the, 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 the dress story that you kind of alluded to is <laughs> I was actually supposed to be a bridesmaid in my aunt's wedding. And, um, you know, to make a long story short, go to the br- the bridal store with my mom and my aunt. Uh, it's a blue dress. It's a really hideously ugly, bad, not, cute, not good, very bad dress. And I'm supposed to wear this dress. And we get to the dress store and I wear a size 18 at the time. They don't make the dress in my size. My aunt then offers to buy a different blue dress that is way more beautiful. Um, it's also way more expensive. And she says she's going to buy it. So my mom's like hitting me at my leg saying, yes, take this dress that she's offering you. And I said, no. And And when my mom said, why don't you want to wear that dress? I said, because if I'm in the other dress. If I'm in a different dress, everybody's going to know that I was the big girl that couldn't fit into the, the same dress as everyone else. And so mm. I remember I I was in, we were in the dressing room. I was in, now just with my mother and my mom said to me, she goes, well, if this, if it bothers you that much, you're going to need to make a change. And for me, it was the first time that my mom, that was for me, that was my mother's way of acknowledging it. You know, my mom and dad always told me i was so beautiful, so beautiful, so beautiful. And so you know, part of me thought, okay, well, maybe the kids at my school, maybe they're all just crazy. or maybe the people that are making fun of me, they're all just crazy. And, you know, for my mother to say that for me, just her saying, if this is something, if this is the way that you feel, then you, you need to make a change. That was her way of acknowledging it. And that almost, for me, that made me feel like it was real. It made me mm. feel like it was real. And so I remember I just fell on the floor and I was crying in her lap. And, you know, that was like, literally like pretty much the next day. I mean, I'm a a kid and I have no money or no job. Um, So I decided that I was going to somehow... uh, put 40, I think it was $44 and like 98 cents, my gym membership for the gym I was going to at the time. I was like, I'm going to find a way to get that amount of money every month. And so I signed up for a gym membership and I walked, I would say like a good mile and a half every day to the gym, worked out, um, and then walked another mile and a half home and, and just started to really, um, get a better understanding of the food and nutrition and the way that the, the body fuels um you know the way that the, your your body
1: is used to really fuel you if that makes sense when you decided to make this change did you have any specific goal at the beginning was it just to move more was it to learn more about food was it actually i want to lose x amount of pounds like where was your head at at that time Yeah.
0: When I first sought out on this journey, and I always like to say it's a forever journey because it's not like, oh, you lost the weight and you you feel good and you're wearing the pants or whatever the goal was. And then now you live, you know, this life that you've imagined and skinny people walk around just jumping for joy. Like it's, I always say it's, it's a forever journey. It's like not something that, um, ends and, I set out to lose 70 pounds and I did that. And ultimately this quest has been so much more about what I've gained than what I've lost. And I, set out to lose weight. I did that. I lost 70 pounds, but what I gained ultimately was so much more. I gained a sense of purpose. I gained confidence. I gained strength. Like I love feeling strong. I love putting weights in my hands and feeling strong. Did you have a CrossFit phase? Oh yeah, for sure. I did CrossFit for like four years. I was like crazy <laughs> about it. And then like, oh, the only thing that existed in the world was CrossFit. And then, you know, you just like any, like anything you kind of, you, you know, find other things that 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 pull you and found cycling <laughs> found cycling and haven't looked back since and so yeah i i found a a sense of strength i found a sense of confidence um i found or i i rather i gained friendships i gained so much yes i lost something i lost one thing i lost weight ultimately i gained so many things and i you know when i first started i was like stepping on the scale like you know a, a weekly weigh-ins turned into like two times a week I would weigh in and then it was just like this thing where you would feel so good about yourself like I would be eating great and working out and doing all the things that people tell you you're supposed to do right and I'd jump on the scale and the scale would say that I was losing weight and I'd feel amazing and then you know another few days or another week would go by and I felt like I was you know crushing it even more eating even cleaner working out even more aggressively and then I'd step on the scale and the scale would say the opposite it would say that I was going going backwards, going in the wrong direction. And so one day finally I said, I'm not going to let this thing rule me. Like this thing rules my energy. I feel really good about the way that I'm feeling from my workouts. I feel really good about the way that I feel from eating clean and the supplements that I'm putting in my body. And then I jump on this scale and it tells me something else and it completely alters and shifts my energy. And so that was really the, 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 the turning point for me. So I set out to lose weight and then somewhere between there and now I decided that I wanted to go based on, I, 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 my goal is to feel a certain way, like the scale or a number can't take that away from me. I want to feel strong. I want to feel healthy. I want to feel active. I get to control that. So if I want to feel active, I say Tunde, get up, go for a run. Tune Day, get up, jump on this bike. Like I I can control that versus the scale. Like it's not necessarily something that there's eps and flows. There's it's not necessarily something no. that I can could control.
1: Yeah. And I mean the behavior that you uh just kind of articulated, definitely something that a lot of people can relate to and have totally been there for someone who may be in the midst of a similar transformation right now. And they too find themselves maybe getting in even a little obsessive with the scale, Mm -hmm. obsessive with eating clean, obsessive with working out all the time. What is it that you tell them to try to reel it in a little bit?
0: I always say find something that you enjoy doing When you obsess over something, when you become manic about something, it stems, I believe, from a feeling of I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to versus I want to, you know? And so when you find workouts or activities that you want to do, you want to show up for them. You don't feel like you have to show up for it. Um, so I always say to people, like, I'm like, if you don't like running, I'm never going to recommend that you sign up for the marathon tomorrow. Eventually you may fall in love with running maybe. Right. But if you don't Mm -hmm. like running, maybe you like dancing. If you don't like dancing, maybe you like cycling. If you don't like cycling, maybe you like, you know, strength training. I think the beauty of Peloton is that Peloton offers, um, you know, such a, a wide, um, range of modalities and activities that you can do. I, um, I'm actually a optimum nutrition athlete and, I actually uh, what I love so much about the optimum nutrition line and the product is that it helps to fuel me and make me feel really restored um, and recovered so that I can go back into whatever said activity it is that I love to do. I can show up with my a mom the next day.
1: taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about Baron Fig. Studies have shown that journaling is an awesome way to improve your mental wellness, but sometimes you just don't know where to start. Baron Fig has got you covered. Every morning when I wake up, the first thing I do after brushing my teeth and making my bed is getting back onto bed, (laughs) not into it, onto it, and journaling for 10 minutes with my Baron Fig journal. I love the way the journal feels and I just look forward to journaling and starting off every day with a little time for personal reflection. They have guided journals that walk you through meditation, habit forming, organization, and logging your best recipes. They've really got something for everyone. They are offering Hurdle listeners an awesome deal. Get a guided edition journal today for 20% off using the code Hurdle20 at checkout. Head on over to baronfig.com. That is B-A-R-O-N-F-I-G.com. And use the code Hurdle20 at checkout to receive 20% off your first purchase of a guided edition journal. I also want to take a moment to thank my sponsor at Element. Element is a science-backed electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. The formula is super high caliber. It's plant-based with no sugar, fillers, gluten, or other sketchy ingredients. Plus, it tastes great. I am such a sweet and salty person. They've got citrus salt, chocolate salt, orange salt, So many awesome tastes to choose from, perfect for whatever mood you're in. And right now they have an awesome offer for Hurdle listeners. They are giving you a free Element sample pack, absolutely free. It includes eight packets of Element, and all you have to do is just pay $5 shipping. Head on over to drinkelement.com, that's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com slash hurdle. To get yours again, head on over to drinkelement.com, D R I N K, element.com D-R-I-N-K, com, slash hurdle to get your free element sample pack today. There's a really great and beautiful thing uh, in the opportunity of diversifying your movement, your fitness, whatever it is that you do to move your body. I mean, I'm sure during and along your journey, as it still continues today, we talked about uh, CrossFit. We talked about going to the gym. Obviously, now you're heavy into spin, but there's been so many different iterations of how you move your body yeah
0: and i think that's that that's kind of the thing too and i was you know i alluded to this with the crossFit thing as like i loved it i loved it i loved it and then one day i was just like sick of it you know and so and that's no shade at all to anybody who who crossfits or, or or loves it but for me it was about finding something that um something that just like made my spirit feel good and cycling makes my my spirit feel good it's not to say that you know i don't still lift weights absolutely Absolutely. I do. I'm actually, um, one of our, our bike bootcamp instructors for Peloton. And so strength training is also part of my modality as well. Um, but I, I think that there is something to kind of just not only from a smart training perspective to mix things up, but just for your mental state as well. I think sometimes you get into this uh, repetition and it becomes like this daunting thing, like you know exactly what you're gonna do and how it's gonna feel. And I think there's just something to switching it up to to make it feel interesting and make it feel fun. If it's not fun, then I don't want to do it. Like I. I I work out a lot.
1: I spend too much time working out to not
0: actually enjoy the process of it.
1: Oh, yeah. I can totally relate to that. So I know you mentioned your nutrition. I definitely want to get there in a minute. But we keep kind of dancing around this idea of like, but then I found spin and it was my Goldilocks thing. So talk to me about what your experience was with finding spin and if you even remember what your first spin class was really like?
0: Oh girl, I can paint that. We can spend the next 45 minutes. I can paint a beautiful (laughs) beautiful picture there. Uh, so yeah, no, I, it found me. So I, you know, I was in Texas, started working out, started to, you know, feel comfortable, started to feel confident. I've always been an outgoing person, but you know, even when I was heavier, I was this I was the most introverted, outgoing person. I don't even know if that's a thing, but I was. I was introverted in that I didn't want to bring attention to me. I didn't want to bring attention to me because I felt like if people placed it, if there was attention on me, people would notice my size. For example, um, if I laughed, if I was, if Someone, if we were in a room and someone told a joke, I would never laugh too loud because if I laugh loud, people would notice I was there. And if they noticed that I was there in the room, they would notice how big I was. Um, anybody who's mm-hmm. ever taken any of my classes, you know that I can't sit still. Like I'm, I'm Shakira on a bike, if you will. Um, and I... I I dance a lot now and I wanted to dance then. Like when I went to parties or gatherings, I wanted to be the person in the middle of the dance floor dancing, but I didn't want to get up and do that because I didn't want people to see me because if they saw me, they noticed my size. And so it was almost with like, I want to say with each... Workout out with each pound that I'd lost, it was almost like I, uh, unraveled a layer of confidence, a layer of mm-hmm. like being so okay to step into my own step into myself. It was already there. Like I didn't gr- uh, create this person that wasn't there. I just became okay with letting everyone see her. Um, and so I moved to LA to become, or to pursue my career as a makeup artist. And, you know, I had become uh, very successful in my own right in my, in my field. I was, you know, working for my dream company. I was doing my dream job. And I I can't see me right now, but I, I say dream in quotes because it was what I thought that I wanted. It was what I dreamt of and I was doing it. And then when I was doing the job. I was like, I don't really like this job, but it was like a thing I couldn't really say out loud. Cause I'd worked so damn hard to get there. And once mm-hmm. I'd gotten there, it was almost like this feeling of like, man, am I ungrateful? I asked for this and I'm here now and I'm not happy. It doesn't feel good. And uh-huh. so, you know, I, I was booked for a gig in New York. And so, I fly from LA to New York. I get to the hotel, the hotel, like the gym is bootleg. There's really no other way to say it. The gym is just bootleg. Like I go down there, there's nothing to do. Like I, unless I was going to do jumping jacks in place, I was like, there's just nothing to do down here. So I said, let me go to, you know, a, a, a studio. And so I'd been hearing about cycling studios. I'd never taken like an indoor cycling experience class thing, but people had been talking about it at the time. This was a few years ago now. And so I said, you know, I'll, I'll go and take one of the classes. So by the time I purchase my seat in class, purchase my water bottle, my shoes, my towel, whatever, I'm forty dollars deep. This is a forty-five minute class, Emily. So I'm yeah. like, oh my god. So I sit down on the bike, and I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm angry with myself. I'm like, today, why did you just spend forty dollars to work out? And so. I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm resenting the class before the class even starts the class, like the lights dim, the instructor comes in, people start screaming. I have like imposter syndrome. I have no idea what's happening. Three minutes into the class, I'm in a state of euphoria. I leave the class that day. It's snowing outside in New York. I noticed that I'm not walking, but I noticed that I'm skipping back to my hotel room. I was like,
1: are you magically floating somehow? <laughs>
0: You know what? Honestly, if you told me that I was levitating, I would believe you because I don't even I don't remember how I got from from point A to point B, but I'm levitating then now back to my hotel room. and in a matter of seconds, I saw my life's trajectory pass in front of me. I, I always when I tell this story i it was like a blue light, a blue wave rushed through my body and I could see. My life. I knew in that moment after taking my first cycling class, I knew that I would be cycling for the rest of my life. Not only did I know that I would be cycling for the rest of my life, I knew that I would be teaching it. Not only did I know that I would be teaching it, but I knew that I would be teaching it on the world's biggest platform. I honestly can't even say that I knew what Peloton was at the time, but I knew that I would be cycling. I knew that I would be teaching it. And I knew that I'd be teaching it on the world's biggest platform. And I knew that the world would know my name for it. I was sure of it. I've never, till this day, I've never been as sure about any one thing in my entire life. And so I finished this New York trip out. I head back to LA. I'm at a dinner party with my best friends. We're all just talking about whatever. And I... Tell them, I say, hey guys, and mind you, they know how hard I've worked in my cosmetic career to to, to be where I was. And I said, guys, I think I want to quit my job and become a cycling instructor. And I'm thinking to myself, it was almost that thing of like, you know, the stuff that you should only think in your head, you shouldn't tell people out loud because they're going to judge you. Mm -hmm. So I said it out loud and I was just like waiting for them to call me crazy or whatever. And they start crying. I'm crying. They start crying. I don't cry. I don't ever cry. They're crying. And I said, why are you guys crying? They're like, we're crying because we've never heard you say anything that sounded so exact. What you're saying makes so much sense. I said, guys, you've never even seen me do it before. I've only seen me do it one time. They said, me, I don't know why, but that that sounds right for you. And mm. so, you know, to kind of wrap this story up, it it, it was a matter of imposter syndrome that set in next. I think... Probably six to eight months past where my friends are like, Tunde, when are you going to go and get certified so you can teach? When are you going to go get certified and teach? And I just kept putting it off because I was like, who's going to be motivated or inspired by me? I, I can't get up and get on a bike with my in my sports bra in front of people, like, like who's going to be motivated by me saying anything like all these things that I told myself, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. And so because I have really, really great, amazing, wonderful, wonderfully supportive friends, they kept pushing me. So finally I went and got certification. Then I go get the certification, the certification found a very nice home on top of my bedroom, uh, desk for eight months collecting dust, because again, imposter syndrome. Started. I was like, okay, okay, now I'm certified, but I don't actually know what I'm doing. I'm not good enough to go audition somewhere. And so finally, my friend literally pushed me into the the hands of uh, an owner at a local mom and pop studio in LA. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and I, I auditioned and she hired me and, you know, it's, it's, it's wild because, uh, when I interviewed at Peloton, I remember, you now Cody Rigsby, um, actually found me on Instagram and had asked me to come out to New York to audition for the Peloton gig. In, 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 in short, I didn't get the gig the first time around the full audition process from when my very first audition to when I landed the job was a year. So it was like this this very trying, um, trying thing for me. Uh really tested my faith in myself because I, like I said, I'd had this vision that something great was going to come of this. And although I had this vision, I didn't know that it was actually for sure gonna come true, although I, I trusted. And then here comes some random guy asking me on Instagram to come audition, random to me at the time, uh, audition for a Peloton. And so when that happened, I thought to myself, I said, oh my God, this is coming. This is, it's happening. It's happening. I, I envisioned this. I envisioned this. And so when I didn't get the job, it felt like a loss. It felt like, wait, but I trusted. And this, I saw this and how is this not happening? And so when I finally am in my final interview of 25 or whatever I went through in the course, in the matter of a year, uh, I sat down with Robin and I said to Robin, I said, if, Robin is again, our our VP. I said, if I get this job, I know that part of my existence here is to gift people with the ability of knowing that anything can happen. I am a first generation American to descend uh, a descendant of two Nigerians. I was overweight half of my life. Like this wasn't supposed to be my story. It wasn't even something that I daydreamed about because it was so far from the fabric of my DNA, of where I was. And so if this opportunity could happen for me, then I dare people to have the audacity to dream and to dream bigger. And this has taught me uh, personally for myself to dream and to dream bigger. Everything that I've asked for or dreamt about in this lifetime in some way or another, it's happened for me. Um, I've experienced a lot of tragedy in my life. I lost my little brother when he was 19 years old. Three years after I lost my brother, I lost my dad. And three years after that, I lost my mom. And you know, I think that if I decided after losing my mother, I think if I decided to do nothing with my life, that the world would have given me a pass. The world would have said, "You know what? She's been through shit. Like we're just gonna let her just, you know, skate by, if 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 you will." And um, with those experiences, I've decided that I'm not going to let that trauma dictate my future. I'm gonna pull pieces of it, and the pieces that I pull is the understanding that life is so short. Life is so short and it's um it's so beautiful um and I do everything that I do because I know that my family members cannot. I know that they're not here anymore and so I try to live life fully for them. Stepping into 2021, my goal this year is to not let my ambition rob me of my current joy, to not let my ambition Rob me of my current blessing, meaning that I think that we all have things that we're trying to build in this, in our lives, build for our families, build for ourselves. I don't want what I'm trying to build, rob me of enjoying what I've already built. There's so much around me. Like when I open my eyes and look around me in this life, I'm like, wow, wow, wow. But I don't want it to be in a place where I'm so busy trying to get to the next thing where I'm so busy aspiring to the next thing that I forget to just live in the joy of where I am right here, right now.
1: Thank you so much for sharing all that with me. And I think a huge takeaway here, you mentioned both loss, not only in that first round of your dream job audition, but then also, of course, of your brother and your parents. Talk to me about your strategy really for coming back and showing up after such hardship. I mean, the show is called hurdle. So talk to me about what you do when sometimes it just feels like you keep tripping and tripping and tripping and you're not clearing where you want to go.
0: I think that when people look at success, they envision success as a straight line to the top. When in fact, there are peaks, there are highs, there are valleys, and there are lows. There is no straight line. Um, I think that on the road to success, within that journey, there are, are hurdles. And if you understand that, and you trust that that is part of the process, then when those hurdles or roadblocks arrive, you're less apt to stop. You're less resistant. You're willing to lean in and trust that you'll move through it. I believe everything happens for a reason. It's a wild thing to say, or for rather, it's a wild thing for me to still believe, given my life's experience. I said, I believe everything happens for a reason. And then mm. one might argue, well, why did your brother pass so soon? You know, um, why, 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 why? And it's like, I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer. Um, but I do know one, I would give anything to have any one of them back, even for a moment, to have two minutes, 30 seconds, 10 seconds with any one of them, I would would give the world. Um, With that being said, I, I know that I wouldn't be the person that I am today had I not gone through those experiences. And I trust that part of my being here, Part of that being part of my story now, my DNA, is that I'm supposed to share that story. I'm supposed to share my story. The thing about life is that no day is promised, no day is guaranteed. People lose people. And I think that part of my story is to be there, to be a light for people who are going through the uh, unimaginable to again, to not hide my story, but to share my story, Um, to show people that life does go on. And for me, again, it's about living because they cannot. If I were to, you know, you said the, the, the name of the show, it's hurdle. If I were to go through, if I were to have said, okay, this is a hurdle, I'm just going to stay here. It's like, I don't know how to say this, but like, what, what good does that do for them? Right? Mm-hmm. Like the, unfortunately I can never have them back. And so I can live life fully and intentionally. I can live life in purpose and on purpose. I think that a life led of service is a life led of purpose. My sign off every, every time I finish a class, I say, it's my absolute gift. It's it, it my honor to sweat and to serve you on this bike. And I think when you're living a life of service, when you are doing for people, you are doing things in purpose, within your life's purpose and on purpose. I think, you know, Emily, hurdle, podcast, this is your purpose or or one of the many things that may be within your
1: purpose. breaking into today's episode to give some more love to Daily Harvest. I'm the kind of person that once I find something that works for me, I totally stick with it. And that is why Daily Harvest has been in my routine for years now. Their picks are made without preservatives, added sugar, or artificial anything. And they actually just launched their first ever plant-based milk collection, starting with almond milk. Daily harvest milk is made of only almonds and a dash of sea salt, that is it. And the best part is that I can actually stay stocked up because everything stays fresh until I'm ready to use it. AKA no more, oh, I really wanna make a smoothie right now. I know it would be better with almond milk. I have no more almond milk in the fridge. I know you have also been in this situation. It is definitely frustrating. Daily Harvest, again, undeniably delicious, clean food without any of the prep. Get started today. Head on over to dailyharvest.com, enter promo code HURTLE25 to get $25 off your first box. Again, that is promo code HURTLE25 for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. That's dailyharvest.com. For so many, I mean, 2020, a huge testament to the fact that so many of us have been through the unexpected and some difficult moments. Um, for you, when you went through your difficult moments, was it difficult for you not to maybe dive back into some of the habits from earlier on that were a little bit less than healthy or didn't make you feel good about yourself?
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's it's a journey. It's not a step snap- snap pop you're cured if you will like you're cured meaning like this is no longer something that you have to continue to focus on um so yeah so when the pandemic first happened I was I've said this before but I I there were moments where I'm like I didn't know I didn't remember walking to the refrigerator I didn't know how it was happening girl and I look at my hand I'm like ice cream? Who bought ice cream? I live in a one bedroom apartment by myself. Unless Caesar, my dog purchased the ice cream. I'm pretty sure that I bought this ice cream. And so it was just like this thing of like, you know, you're just, and I think it was more, I'm a very focused person, but I think it was more so just being sedentary and being in the house. I wasn't used to Mm. being in the house quite as often. And so it was just about, um, it's been about finding a new normal. It's been about giving myself grace, like not trying to measure myself now to what I was physically, um, be it the way that I look, or the way that I feel, or the, a strength—how much I can bench press or squat—like I can't compare myself to what I was a year ago because a year ago I wasn't in a pandemic. And unless I, yeah. you know, have the results or another pandemic to measure myself against, then it's not really—it's really apples to apples, you know. And just an understanding of loving my body at whatever physical capacity I'm at, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You mentioned a couple of times briefly, like nutrition and and where you're at with this. I think what's really what would be really helpful to touch on a little bit is to get a better understanding of kind of like how you are fueling for the fact that you are you know constantly showing up to be in service, drenched in sweat for other people. So how <laughs> how are you showing up in a way that you're fueling your body to be able to do that?
0: Right. And so yeah. So I mentioned at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, I I. I fell, I don't want to say fell off. I I took a different course, if you will, than the one that I was on. And
1: you yes, know, as
0: I try to, as I now pave way, not to necessarily get back on course, but as I pave the roads of a of a new of a new course, I've just gone back to what I know as best, like just tried and true. And so for me that's fueling my body with foods that matter, foods that I need to actually fuel my tank. Um, it goes back to, uh, how I supplement my body. I, like I mentioned earlier, I'm part of the optimum nutrition team and it, they actually reached out to me at the end of towards the end of last year. And it was such a beautiful partnership. I've been a huge fan of optimum nutrition for a long time. Now uh, I end a lot of classes by saying you, or you're, you're only as strong tomorrow as the recovery that you're willing to put in today. Meaning, people want to go so hard in their workout? You can only go really, really hard in your workout when you properly refuel your body today. Meaning you can only go so hard in tomorrow's workout when you refuel your body today.
1: What excites you right now, Day?
0: I have a couple of things. 2021, I want to be stronger than ever. And I say that like, you know, I went through this phase where i was really in my head about not feeling as strong um and then i kind of found myself in a place where i felt like okay give yourself grace and now i'm in this place where i'm just like girl you're a badass like i'm kind of in this place where i want to rather than feeling like i have to and it kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier but now, I don't feel like I have to do anything but show up as me. But now I'm in a place where I want to. I'm not going to say get in the best shape of my life, because then that comes back to this physical look, this physical image. I want to feel stronger than I've ever felt before. And so that's something that I'm looking forward to doing. I am excited about being aware. Of my joy, uh, meaning I'm so excited to focus on what already is to enjoy the fruit of what I've already built. I'm so excited to let go of what isn't yet <laughs> and just be like, uh, We spend so much time as people trying to provide a living that we forget to just live. We spend so much time trying to provide a living that we forget to just live. When we think of like, when you think of self-care, self-care is this word that has about a wrap. When you say self-care, people think it's this luxury thing. They think, oh, spa day, nails, a facial, which self-care can be those things, but self care in my right it's not a luxury it's not a privilege if you took the word self care if you replace the word self care with soul care then soul care shows up as this thing that sounds like a must it sounds like a right i need to do things for the good of my soul when our phones are on 10% like i know myself when i if like if i'm at dinner and my phone's at on 10% I run to the to the person at the front and I ask them if they have a charger because God forbid my phone <laughs> fall below 10%. But when it's ourselves, when it's our own bodies, when it's our own minds, when it's our own spirit, we let our bodies and our minds run on 10% all the time. Why not have that same sense of urgency? Oh my gosh, I got to find an outlet to, to plug in my smartphone. Oh my God, I'm, I have to find an outlet to plug in myself. And so this year I just want to focus a lot on, on my own personal soul care, on restoring, on recharging at the same time, being my strongest self, um, showing up in my fullest capacity of joy.
1: How does Tunde give herself soul care?
0: You know what? I, you know what? Sometimes. Are we
1: figuring that out? We figuring that out?
0: No, no, no. It's like, uh, you want to have like this big fancy answer. But when I'm like, if I'm being completely honest, Soul Care for me is doing absolutely not a damn thing. Doing nothing. I will turn music on. Something like, cause I want to say like, oh, I'll sit in, the, in a hot tub. I do do that. Emily, sometimes I can't make it to the hot tub, to, the, to my hot tub meeting my bathtub. I can't make <laughs> it that far. Sometimes I can't, I, can, I don't even really watch a lot of TV, but I can't even turn the TV on. Sometimes I want to sit here in silence, turn on a candle and be by myself. Sometimes I'll open the window. I love oddly the sound of New York traffic like when there's a candle and music and New York traffic with like a little bit of cool breeze coming in. I know it's kind of weird, but I love it. Listening to a podcast like soul care is whatever I need in that moment, I give it to myself. That is soul I care.
1: I dig it. I dig it. You mentioned reading a book. I've got to ask. Any book recommendations for the hurdlers? We have a book club.
0: Oh, well, the book, I mean, not necessarily what I'm reading right now, but one of my favorite books. Oh, you know what, actually? I just read um, The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. It's a, it's Mm a quick read. Such a great book. Basically, she's talking about how she spent an entire year saying yes and sometimes actually saying no meant saying yes too much detail there but um she talks about how this year of yes changed her her life and her outlook um on the way that she shows up in the world i'd say that and then one of my all-time favorites that i'll always recommend is daring greatly by Brené Brown. So oh, good.
1: Classic. 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 Okay, June Day, final question here. You have an opportunity to offer the day going through one of her life's biggest hurdles. I would, I mean, we talked about a lot of them here today, whether it be the passing of your family members or perhaps that first great loss, that first no from Peloton, you have the opportunity to offer her one piece of advice going through those large hurdle moments. What do you tell her?
0: Trust. Just trust. Trust. Trust that nothing is happening to you and everything is happening for you. Failure can only be judged in hindsight. You're not allowed to go through something and while you're going through that thing, call it a failure. Because in that moment, that thing, this thing tune day that may come that you may deem a failure, it may not actually be a failure. It may be a course recourse or a redirection in your life. It may be the universe setting you on path or setting you on track, um, for something that you just can't see yet. So ultimately trust, just trust.
1: Thank you so much for your time today, Tune Day. How do the hurdlers keep up with you? Give me all of the details,
0: girl. I am the, so bad with social media. Like I, I <laughs> tune to Tune Day, tune like music tune number two. Tune is my Instagram, Facebook is Toonday Day. Uh, I think it's Tune Day at Peloton. Peloton Tune Day. You'll find me something. And then Twitter. I haven't even dabbled in. Girl, I'm look. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs>
1: Soul care. Let's focus on soul care and then we'll worry about social media.
0: Soul care is not being on social media as much. How about that?
1: Girl, I'm with you. Thank you so much for your time. Again, I could chat with you for hours. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.